welcome to episode 33 of our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. This week, Andy is joined by White Sox mod Christus V to discuss the upcoming Field of Dreams game. Before we get to that, though, my name is Naim, and I am joined by Deej today to go over some of the news from this week of baseball. Deej, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Naim? How are you, everybody? I'm actually, I'm doing great because I got hired for a job this week, and I started yes. in like, uh, like 10 days, so I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome. Congrats, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. So it's a, it's, it's a good week, and it's been, uh, it's been an interesting week of baseball, kind of quiet especially compared to the last couple of weeks. We had lots of trades going on and lots of just, just lots of stuff happening. Uh, this week was a little bit, uh, a little bit more, you know, basic, just a, just a standard sort of week of baseball, but we still got some, some fun news to talk about. Uh, first off, uh, Deej, in fact, you've been on the last two weeks with me. Uh, so we've been the only ones talking about Olympic baseball uh, on this yeah. podcast. Um, uh, and uh, finally the Olympics, uh, as we're recording just ended today, um, and uh, and the Olympic gold medal in baseball, unsurprisingly, I think to everybody went to Japan. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know J- Japan is the country that sent the best players. It's that simple, you know. Yeah. Japan, uh, they uh, uh, they they don't prevent their their best players from playing the Olympics, and MLB does. So uh, good for them. That um, you know, it means a lot to the country. And uh, it could not have been less surprising that they won the gold medal. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, they're the host nation, right? And so, like, it makes sense that they would take those two weeks off to, to, to win the tournament. Uh, Korea, however, also did send its best players. The KBO did take those two weeks off. Uh, Korea ended up, I believe, in fourth place, actually, which was, I think, the bigger surprise to me. The last couple of weeks, I've been saying that, uh, that I think it would be Japan, Korea in the finals. Uh, but uh, South Korea ended up uh, in fourth. The bronze medal went to the Dominican Republic, and the silver medal, uh, of course, went to the United States uh, with uh, with its ragtag group of college players and Scott Casimir and uh, yeah. a couple of couple of uh, ret- uh, semi retired players players who ha- couldn't get a major league contract this year, and then maybe like you know Todd Frazier and Scott Casimir are like, hey, I know I'm 38 years old, but maybe a team wants to sign me next year. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, th- those four countries were bound to finish, you know, one, two, three, four in some order. Um, yeah, as you were saying, I think uh, South Korea, the fact that they sent their best, you, you might have expected them a little higher. But, you know, U.S. has a lot of players in Dominican uh, Republic. They That's like the sport in, in the Dominican. So they've got yeah. uh, kind of their best athletes all play baseball. Um, but, sure, uh, but yeah. again, their, their best athletes all play baseball in america <laughs> uh, yes the best the best of the best play uh in, in mlb yeah so uh, yeah um yeah i just uh i hope they can figure out a way to to get get mlb players in the olympics somehow I, uh, there's there's different strategies we've kind of you know talked about like just just take a couple of weeks off just do it uh yeah or, uh, Listen, maybe... so we know there's not gonna be there's not gonna be olympic baseball in 2024 yes yeah, so, um, in paris play replaced by breakdancing right oh is it okay so i saw breakdancing a couple times in the closing ceremony and i was like breakdance is not an olympic sport why do they keep showing it so much and that um, makes sense they're adding it to the to 2024 that makes it well so because uh, this is the thing with baseball is like because they've moved to event-based instead of sport-based or something like that now there's like one of those things where there are there are some uh sports that are not going to be in every Olympics. It depends from, from year to year, 
like some there, there are like set sports like uh, gymnastics and track and field that are never going to go away uh, and then there's other things that are like baseball where it'll depend from olympics to olympics they'll get included or not included and so because it's so important to japan uh it was added into the 2020 olympics and uh, because it's so important to america it will be in the 2028 olympics but it won't be in the 2024 olympics in paris so hopefully and we've said a couple times hopefully in 2028 it's going to be in la they're almost certainly going to be playing at Dodger Stadium. Um, you know, it would be nice to to be able to see, you know, the best athletes of Major League Baseball maybe take a couple weeks off to go play Olympic baseball. Yeah, cool. I, I hope they can work that out. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the longtime barrier to baseball being a more permanent Olympic sport, I believe, was a combination of not sending the best players and uh, the, the really weak doping policy they had up until pretty recently. So I think since we've, uh, or by way of being MLB, since MLB's kind of up their doping policy, I don't know if it's up to Olympic standards or what, but hopefully it's like a step in the right direction. Then if we right. can send our best, maybe we'll see it stick. Uh, another solution uh, I've been... Because for uh, what it's worth, it was, it was technically a permanent addition to the Olympics from 92 to 08. And then mm-hmm. after 08, that was the last year. And then it was like a year by year decision. And beca- again, because it was so important in Japan, but you know, 2012 yeah. was London, not that important. 2016 was Rio. There's a couple of Brazilian major leagues, but it's not that important in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, so I, it, I, it would be interesting to see where, you know, 2032, I think is in Melbourne. Um, and, uh, and, you know, baseball's not huge in Australia, but it's not tiny in Australia. They, you know they they're pretty good there. They they do have a couple of uh, of major leaguer of Australian major leaguers as well. Um, yeah. Is Liam Hendricks Australian? Yeah, he is. There's always like yeah. one or two Australian regulars in the big leagues. Um, you know they play cricket there, so cricket and baseball are like, you know, there's there's some overlap. I think a lot of the skills kind of work out, and you know the yeah, there's, know there's there's there's. As, as, a, as a cricket fan, uh, there there's a mm-hmm. little bit of overlap. There's, there's there's some stuff there. It is it is a little bit awkward to to make that transition but Mm -hmm. uh the the big thing is 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 you know cricket is huge in australia but it's hard to do cricket in the olympics um because a proper cricket match takes five days if you if you if you do an improper one if you do like a t20 which i'm not a big fan of but if you do like a t20 or an odi thing it still takes quite a long time and there's you know, there were there were six teams in Olympic baseball this year that qualified for Olympic baseball this year. There would probably be more that were that are attempting to qualify for Olympic cricket. And mm-hmm. I, I I just don't think you can get a cricket tournament done in 17 days, you know? Yeah, I don't know. They, they make alterations to other sports to kind of make them fit in the Olympic framework. And hopefully there's something they can figure out. Olympic cricket would be great. I know how, how big it is in, in so many countries. So, like, I'd, I'd love to watch it. I, I, I've never really had the framework in my life to watch cricket regularly but whenever i see it i'm yeah. just like interested in it you know i'm always kind of fascinated by it just because it's very similar to baseball and i think i would enjoy it but i just kind of never lived in a cricket playing country or anything there, and was, not- there was legitimately a night uh, a few months ago that my family and i just like threw on cricket highlights and we just kept watching cricket highlights it wasn't like a planned thing or anything we were just like oh here's this highlight i saw i was like oh here's this thing from 1992 oh here's this thing from 1984 like it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun like yeah so cricket's quick is a great sport it's it's uh it's fun to to watch so, yeah it'd be interesting to see that but uh as far as olympic baseball goes uh it, only so much we can beat a dead horse i guess but uh you know hope hoping here's hoping in 2028 that uh, that mlb allows its players to to go play in the olympics for for those it's not even really two weeks it's like it's like 
a week, week and a half, you know, just take a take an extended all star break. Yeah, just just do it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to our next topic at hand. Uh, big blow for the Oakland Athletics as Ramon Laureano uh, tested positive for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Uh, 80 game suspension. Um Coincidentally, at the trade deadline, they traded for Starling Marte, who had a, a similar skill set to Loriano, and B had previously tested positive for PEDs and gotten an eighty-game suspension for the exact uh, so they kind of, same uh, the exact same drug. I forget what it was, but like uh, I checked it out, it was like the same substance, like the n- nolandrinol or whatever. Both of yeah. them, yeah. So, uh, which is. Big- Big coincidence, yeah. Big, yeah. So a uh, very weird coincidence, and yeah, Loriano had a big uh, apology. You can you can find it if you just Google Ramon Loriano PED apology. Um, but uh, basically, he said, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. Sorry, sorry to the team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Nandrolone is the thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it is it is a blow for the A's. It is it's nice that they kind of you know they have Marte to slot right in to replace him. Um, and he, you know, he wasn't having an amazing hitting year, but, uh, but, you know, he, he had been a, a good player. Um, yeah, so it, plus, uh, plus the, uh, uh, the, the PED appeals process takes a while. So the A's knew that Loriano, like, if you check the timing, like the A's almost certainly knew Loriano was going to miss some time. Uh, so sure. they probably acquired Marte prophylactically to replace him in the likely event that he was uh, suspended, which ended up happening. So no coincidence there. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, almost certainly no coincidence there, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I, it's true. Cause they are, they're pretty much in, in perfectly fine position. You know, Marte slots right in there. They have uh, uh, Josh Harrison as utility man. Like they're, they're pretty much good to go. uh, But uh, uh, second place in the AL West and, you know, Right now in line for a playoff spot, most likely going to have that playoff spot, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know. Ramon, Ramon Laureano, he's, uh, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, he's one of those guys that makes you say he doesn't He doesn't seem like uh, he would, you know, he's like kind of a speedy center field type. I don't think he's right for power in his career. Was like, yeah, you remember, just... remember when uh, when Everth Cabrera tested positive for PED? And yeah. Like, really, that guy? That yeah. guy? <laughs> um yeah uh, well get his money back because they're not working <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, well, Loriano's main claim to fame is that like amazing throw he made from uh the wall throw you know doubling a guy off at first base a couple years ago so yeah uh yeah i don't know every time someone gets popped for a half year at this point it's like you're like why is this still happening like it, it just boggles the mind but like it just keeps happening and i, I don't know i don't even know what to say about it anymore it just sucks uh, yeah, like so he he said it's, he said he thinks it's a condam- contamination of something he ingested, mm. but like like is somebody putting nandrolone in bagels? Like I don't. Yeah, uh, who knows? I it, yeah, I just like you just gotta what I don't know. I have no idea what happened. I wasn't there. That just sucks. I, I hope I hope it never happens again, but it will. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right, and then uh, the the last main topic we have tonight, we have a couple of uh, of. You know, quick, quick hits. But uh, the the New York Mets. Speaking of uh, crushing blows, uh, mm. the New York Mets uh, have just fully, uh, crushingly blown the National League East. Uh, they had uh, 
quite a uh, a lead there, and now they're two and a half games back of the Phillies. Uh, their last ten, they're two and eight. I'm sure you are currently pulling up uh, uh, statistics right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. They, you know, they've been uh, they've been up like three to six games or so most of the year. Uh, they were up uh, uh, four as recently as the, you know, the, the deadline on July 31st. Uh, fact of the matter is, like, uh, if, if you have a five-game lead at the All-Star break, uh, you're probably going to keep that lead. It, five doesn't sound like a lot, but if you look at historical results, uh, five five-game leads are rarely blown over the course of two months, uh, but they blew it. Now, no, that's not to say they can't reclaim it and still make the playoffs, but uh, – uh, and you know, a four game lead blowing that isn't crazy, especially when, you know, you just get like swept by a, uh, by a division rival, you know, that's kind of how it works, you know, like playing in, in, in division game is basically worth two wins because it's like a, a two win, you know, swing one way or the other, if you win or lose so that, you know, they're literally twice as important. And if you don't sweep or get swept it usually doesn't move the needle much but a sweep really moves the needle a whole lot so yeah right. I, and uh, they have they do have uh uh what like two or three sweeps in that or no may not sweeps but they do have like a couple they have two or three like uh three loss yeah, um, like one in three four game streaks. series stretches yeah um like, so yeah, yeah they, they, they had they had seven straight games against the pirates uh who are a bad team and mm-hmm. lost five of them yeah or four just, of them four they, they lost four of seven f- from the pirates home and home basically uh which is you know not what you want to do that was in that was in mid-july uh sort of i guess the the beginning of that downswing and you know it, it certainly doesn't help that uh they lost the best pitcher in baseball um, literally yeah like no one would argue <laughs> like, with that yeah that's tough. Uh, hard hard to argue that jacob de grom is has been the best pitcher in the majors this year uh and and also uh Lindor who hasn't had an insanely good hitting year but has been their best position player by baseball reference war and fangraphs war outside of if you know once you like other guys have overtaken him now that they've played more games but when he went down he had he led the team in in both baseball reference and fangraphs war um and yeah just to, to lose basic basically your best pitcher and potentially your best position player uh not good certainly not good yeah uh you know uh, as an indians fan uh the indians and Nets were kind of dealing with very similar things we were somehow like five games over 500 for a long time we just kept losing key player after key player after key player after key player and we had like like joke lineups made of like you know like just triple a players and and hilarious cast-offs you didn't realize we're still playing uh but we still somehow managed to do it we're like this can't last and yay it did not last uh it, you know this the house of cards collapsed and you know the the injuries caught up and uh both teams are now kind of closer to 500 and not really in line for a great playoff slot at this point but hey man if the uh if the if the mess can get to grom back and you know the other guys can stay healthy and uh uh, I think Baez got injured too. And, you know, like who knows when Lindor comes back, but, you know, these guys can come back sooner than later, then they're a much better team. But without Baez, Lindor, and DeGrom, I, it's hard to see the Mets being good. I, you just – you can't lose key players like that and win in the playoffs or even get there right. usually. So, yeah, just 
That's one of the things, right? Like if if they can limp their way to the playoffs and then get DeGrom back, like, okay, that, that'll be a huge boost and, and get Lindor back. Like that'll be a huge boost for them. But uh, yeah, DeGrom, like, so far is is just like and and you know I don't I don't blame the Mets for for being a little ginger with him for not trying to rush him back because um, yeah. he is incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, I think we still don't really know when he's coming back if he's coming back. Like it's all it's all just sort of guesswork right now. The the, the, the Mets haven't really yeah. Uh, the last thing I saw is that it's out till September. Um, yeah, they don't really know. I, I haven't yeah. seen much. Uh, I don't know if they don't know if they're kind of keeping it quiet. But yeah, he's been out for a month. Uh, I, the Mets didn't overwork him or anything. He pitched over 100 pitches once, looks like, in that famous 15-strikeout uh, shutout he had against the Nats back in April. And what since I mean, then, I've asked this before, though. He, he throws the ball hard, you know? Like, the, the mm. like. He's not maybe maybe he's not throwing a lot of pitches, but like the pitches he's throwing, he is working that forearm hard. Yeah. So like I I don't know if that's part of it. Obviously, I mean he's thirty three. You know he's been he's been pitching for many years. So like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, but you know the uh, the Mets didn't like overwork him, and you know you can't no. tell. Yeah, just kind of bad luck. It's not like anything anyone should feel bad about or anything and man he's having such a good season it's too bad i hope hope he can come back and you know and dominate again it'd be that is, think, that is you know like it, it's it's a big question sort of hanging over the mvp race right with like acuna injured tatis injured Degrom injured like yeah who's, who's like the mvp leading now is it like is it Votto? like is it yeah. harper like yeah, guys I, who, who probably who are not in the conversation at all a month ago suddenly are like leading the conversation because the three guys who were potentially leading the conversation all got injured for significant portions of the season. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and hey, this is maybe the kind of season where you could see a pitcher winning the MVP. You know, you always say like it has to be kind of like no clear, you know, front runner among position players, and they're, they're you know, there's obviously several good position players, but there's no one right. guy that you look at and. You're like, yeah. thing, like, like the, the, the pitcher who you looked at and thought this guy could win MVP is also injured. So yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is it Max Scherzer? Is Max Scherzer going to like pick up an MVP playing for the, the Nats and Dodgers? Like, yeah, I don't know. Or, or maybe even Trey Turner. I mean, who knows? There's uh, it's, it's wide open. Just whoever, whoever has the best final two months is probably going to do it. And maybe it will be Vada. We'll see. Especially yeah, if, the, we'll see. if the Reds can make the playoffs or at least come close. Um, speaking of injury, a couple of players coming back from injury. Uh, mm. Luis Robert is coming back for the surging White Sox, uh, expected to be back this week at some point. Uh, I think there's not a, a definite timetable, but uh, he's expected to come back this week, which is uh, exciting for the White Sox, who are already doing quite well. Um, yeah, I mean, you you watch more AL Central baseball than I do, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, he's good. Wait, did, did Robert play today? I thought. No, I don't think he did. No, no, that um, was uh, um, uh, Eloy Jimenez. 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 Jimenez, came Jimenez back. just okay. came, came back up like a week or two ago, something like that. Yeah. I gotcha. Oh wow, he hit uh, two homers and had five ribbies today. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good, Jimenez, good Jimenez had, a, had a good night. Good comeback. Yeah, you know the White Sox are already scary. They got about as good a rotation as. As I, as I can think of in, in the majors, I mean, they got well, like like Lynn, Rodon, Keuchel, uh, Giolito, and then 
cease and they got like two or three potential good starters in the bullpen, like what Kopech and Garrett Crochet. I don't know if he's going to be a starter eventually or what, but man. And then they, you know, they got Kimbrell and, and Hendricks and I mean, and then like just top to bottom, their, their batting order is scary. And then now they get these guys back. Uh, yeah. They're definitely, you know, they, they had one of those like, you know, like, Oh, getting the guy off injuries as good as acquiring, you know, superstar situation. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're the team to beat, uh, uh, that I think they're the best team, at least in the AL. Um, and they're definitely really good. And they, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say they're favorites to win the pennant at this point. Uh, similarly, uh, another, another team uh, getting back a star player to uh, uh, who, who made the most baffling moves of the deadline. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty is certain he is positive he is going to be pitching in Pittsburgh this week uh for for the Cardinals and that that is the week that the weekday series but he's he's pretty positive that he is coming back this week uh Miles Michael is also expected to come back he was expected to come back this weekend or maybe next I think he's expected to come back next weekend um yeah it'll yeah. uh, be so, good to get those guys back uh the cards yeah, are... for, for, for a rotation that that just picked up uh john lester and jay hap um uh, <laughs> yeah that's you, you certainly yeah. would love to get back uh, yeah I, i'm certainly as a cardinals fan happy to get back flaherty and michaelis uh that is uh, uh I, I keep bringing this up every time it comes up but there there is one pitcher this year from the cardinals rotation who has not spent any time on the il and it's 39 year old adam wainwright like <laughs> Guangyun Kim started the season on the IL, Flaherty hit the IL, Michael started the season on the IL, Dakota Hudson had um, Tommy John surgery, like Johan Oviedo. I don't think he was on the IL, but like he's not a, really a starter. He's a guy who like got thrust into starting because we needed bodies. Uh, um, I think Jake Woodford started a couple of games. So it's all like AAA guys who needed to start games. And then Kim. Kim came back pretty early in the season, but like only Wainwright has been like the stalwart of the Cardinals rotation this year. And I don't think anybody was going to see that coming. I'm excited that he's doing well again this year. Uh, he's a guy, him and, and Yadier Molina both seem to like defy aging curves and it's exciting, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Wainwright turns 40 in three weeks. Um, yeah. Hard <laughs> to see the Cardinals overtaking the Dodgers or Padres or, or any team besides those two for the wild card it kind of seems like the wild card is very likely to be uh you know two of yeah, the three I, teams I, I think it's essentially you know i mean and they're not that close to the to the brewers uh 10 and a half games back it was it was a little bit tighter at the deadline uh mm-hmm. it was a little bit tighter at the, at the all-star break and so like now there's, there's definitely been i think enough distance that it's probably not going to happen unless there's like a 2011 style collapse of the brewers um it was the it was the um the Braves in 2011 for the for us but uh yeah I I don't expect the Cardinals to to win the division this year uh or or make a indeed to make a playoff spot uh but you know I don't think uh I I don't put anything past the Cardinals on the other hand (laughs) it's crazier things have happened with that team yeah it's definitely a really good team you know if everybody's healthy uh, like yeah, the, that's the, one the, of those things, right? Where like, where like all the pieces individually are quite good, and it's just nothing has really clicked. And the bullpen has been quite bad. Uh, but yeah. that's the nice thing, right? Is, is like bringing back Flaherty and Michaelis pushes guys like 
like Wade LeBlanc and and Jay Happ to the bullpen where they might have a little bit more or maybe uh, instead of Happ, you know, uh, Lester, like it, I don't know who who gets the the short straw there. Um, but that's that's certainly and you can upgrade the rotation and upgrade the bullpen by upgrading the rotation. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm a little surprised the Colonels have a losing record given how good, uh, the lineup is, but you know, just injuries and bullpen, you know, the bullpen uh, is tragic. Yeah. It's so hard to put together a consistently good bullpen because like any given relief pitcher is not likely to be good for three years in yeah. a row. Just, it's, this is the way, you right. know, uh, so you just kind of try to catch lightning in a bottle and get some good young guys a couple of years out of them and maybe buttress them with like, which, which was, which was basically the Cardinals playbook under Matheny, which not that Matheny did very much. Right. But, um, under Matheny, a lot of, a lot of what was happening was these guys would come up, Seth Manus, Kevin Segrist, and just be really, really good for like two or three years and then completely fall off. And then another set of, of rookie relievers would show up. Um, Another injury note, uh, Travis Darno is expected to come back from the 60-day injured list this week. Uh, he is, uh, I think, expected to – I think he did catch most of a minor league rehab game today. Um, he was kind of putting together, you know, the the prospect expectations he had almost a decade ago mm-hmm. uh, last year. Uh, he's 32, but better late than never. Some, Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, some, there's some guys in the Hall of Fame who didn't have uh, – their first good season until they were, you know, early third, like, like was, Randy Johnson in the, uh, the R.A. Dickey trade, right? Like, uh, that sounds right. That was like, uh, Syndergaard and Darno for Dickey and like, yeah, I think Josh Thole because he's like the, the knuckleball catcher was involved, I want to say. Yeah. And, and um, Mike Nikias. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It was, it was Darno, uh, John Buck, Noah Syndergaard. And Wilmer Becerra, who never amounted to anything, uh, for Dicky, Nikias, and Tully. So who who won that trade? Uh, I think the Mets, right? Because Dicky, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, the Blue Jays didn't win anything, and yeah. the Mets, the Mets. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like, who did the, the Mets? Had- Dicky did. Uh, you know, he had uh, what? One, two, three. He had four very good for a 38 to 41 year old seasons in Toronto. He, had, he didn't, you know, he made at least 29 starts all four years. He was there. He'd like probably just eyeballing it probably had an ERA in the high threes over that period. But again, given his age, um, yeah, I don't know. The, what Mets, the... the Mets still technically have Syndergaard, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever remains of him they have. And they made the world series with Syndergaard. They didn't win it but they made it like mm-hmm. they won the national league and the, the, the blue Jays didn't <laughs> win the American yeah. league at any point. So I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It, it, it's yeah. I mean, it is, it is uh, nine years later and we're not really sure who won that trade still, but I, I yeah. would give the edge to the Mets because the Mets at least made the world series with one of the players they got in that trade. Whereas the blue Jays got nothing out of any of those three players. Uh, Mike Nikias, that's kind of like Bizarro Miles Michaelis. <laughs> so, I mean that so. I, that was a that was a throw in a match rate. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, looks like the Reds might be getting Lucas Sims back um, from you know, which would be helpful in their bullpen. Uh, they are a lot closer to competing for the NL Central 
Um, yeah. And like you said, if they if they do manage to crack a playoff spot, uh, that could be good for Joey Votto's uh, MVP chances. Yeah, it um, is their their surge is coinciding perfectly with his surge, and uh, yep. you know he uh, like you know Winker and Castellanos have kind of been the uh, you know the eye candy there all year in terms of putting up the you know the the the, the big numbers, but I think you know Votto. Votto signed a lifetime contract with the Reds and he wants, uh, you know, he, he wants to win and lose with the Reds and, you know, they're winning now. And I think, uh, I think he deserves a, a very long look at, at MVP if he can kind of keep this up. I think, I think they're, they're doing what the Reds, uh, at least the, the, you know, 21st century Reds tend to do in their, in their better seasons, which is just very quietly have good seasons, have players who like, you know, people talk a little bit about Winker and about Castellanos, but like yeah. not a whole lot, you know, Yeah, and kind of, Jonathan India, like Jonathan India might end up being the rookie of the year this year. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah. So like they, they just got, they just got kind of quietly got a very good team. And, uh, and uh, I mean, as I said, the, the whole NL central is usually pretty quiet unless the Cubs are good. Um, but uh, you know, in this particular case, the, the Reds and Brewers could be, could be a good, uh, sort of rivalry to watch as the season starts to, to, you know, wind down in the next couple of months here. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, their, their main issue is their rotation. I mean, I think uh, before Bauer won that uh, Cy Young last year, the Reds had never had a Cy Young winner and they, or even like really a, a good pitcher for a long time that I can think they had of. Cueto. Um, Quai- they they yeah. had Cueto for a while and Cueto was, was quite good. I don't think it was a Cy Young winner, but he was like a, like a two or three yeah, yeah, I think those. he finished second or third a couple of times. But yeah, right he now finished, he had finished second once and fourth once. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Very good pitcher. Yeah, um, but uh, right now, kind of, I guess Wade Miley is their ace. He's he's uh, you know the the WAR leader. If you look on Baseball Reference, there he is on the far left. Uh, yeah, they traded for Sonny Gray, but then Sonny Gray uh, decided to stop being good, or they, yeah. they signed him. I think right. Yeah, uh, I forgot, but yeah, they they got him. He's um. His, uh, his FIP is 368, ERA 444, so maybe he's been a little unlucky and he'll improve. But, yeah, there's no – you can't – I don't know, does game one starter Wade Miley instill you with confidence? Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hey, hard I'm, to... I'm honestly – until I see him pitching every time, I'm like, oh, that's right, he's not retired. Like, he just yeah. – he seems like a dude who retired four years ago. He, he does, or at least just some – Kind of, I, I kind of pencil him in with guys like Jay Happ, who just always seem to be like some team's fourth starter somehow, and just kind of pitches every start. You know, has like thirty starts and has like a four point seven ERA, and is just kind of there every year. But yeah, and hey, Miles and yet this year, out. yeah, this year he's got a two seven five ERA. He's only he's four years younger than Jay Happ. Maybe, maybe he, I don't know, like, but he does. You're, you're right because like he's had like a five six one, a five three seven, like. But he was, I mean, like, I, I remember, again, 10 years ago when he was a rookie, like, was quite good for Arizona, um, you know, a second in rookie of the year voting in his in his rookie year. Like, again, maybe it's just like the, his, his his potential is coming back to, to roost a little bit. But yes, they're they're pitching other outside of him and and a little bit of Tyler Molly has been uh, uh Every pitcher listed here is above a four ERA, except for uh, like TJ Antone, who is also coming back this week. So, yeah, um, yeah, just like hard, hard to see the Reds, you know, going deep in the playoffs with that rotation. It would have been nice if they could have picked up a pitcher or two to kind of help, 
help uh, solidify things, but uh, their their batting order is quite good, and that's kind of been their their deal for about ten years now. I mean, if you go back, you know, like to when they were good back like 2012, 2014, and they kept making the playoffs, they had like they had a terrific batting order, and just they never had that like one ace. Or, yeah, they, uh, or, I mean, again, it was it was it was Cueto. Then they had, they had one ace, but that was it, right? Cueto was an yeah. ace. And then it was like uh, Bronson Arroyo was on those teams, like yeah, Bailey, Homer Bailey, Volkman, Bailey, uh, Mike Leak, Mike um, Leak, yeah, Leak was very consistently average. I think uh, uh, he. Oh, Matt Latos. They had Matt Latos too. There was the year they had Latos and Cueto. Oh yeah, Latos was on those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. These guys are all kind of in the same boat. Um, it's kind of you know they like kind of innings eater types who you don't want starting game one of the NLCS for you, you know? Right. Uh, so, uh, so one week after the, the, uh, the trade deadline, uh, how do you feel about how the cards did? Um, well, uh, one, I mean, the Cardinals traded for two really old pitchers okay. uh, and both of those really old pitchers have had, I think one start each J Hap had a good start and uh John Lester had a bad start. Uh, mm-hmm. John Lester, uh, I think, is is fully washed. <laughs> um, yeah, not looking good. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, like that is uh, that is the guy who I would probably again like with with uh, Michaelis and Flaherty coming back. That's the guy who I would say, all right, John Lester, let's see how you do in the bullpen. Yeah, uh, and I, hope and hope that fewer innings, you know, brings something out of him. Maybe maybe turns him into like a end of career John Smoltz type thing. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not uh, optimistic that that's going to happen. Uh, but Jay Happ, you know, uh, Jay Happ is a guy who, like you said, is like a fourth starter innings eater type guy. And if he can be a, a slightly below average pitcher or, or even an average pitcher, like that's fine. If you can do well with, uh, with again, with uh, Flaherty and, and Michael is coming back. Yeah. Um, as far as the, the Indians, uh, I don't know. So uh, the Indians traded Carlos, uh, or sorry, uh, Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox, which was basically a white flag. Like, you, you don't trade a player to the team ahead of you. Um, yeah. And then uh, Rosario, Eddie Rosario to the Braves. He, both of them were kind of underachieving a little bit, although Cesar's got like 20 home runs, which is a, a shock. He's already got a career high. and like He, he could hit 30 this year. And I always liked the guy, but you know he's just here for the one year. And we got we got uh, middle infield prospects uh, up the wazoo, so he's expendable. So I wish he were succeeding somewhere besides the White Sox, but whatever. Um, and then, uh, but uh, I really like Miles Straw. He's been on the team just for a week, but uh, man, he is fast. He's a pesky hitter. Was he's he the, like, the that was the Phil Maton trade or? Yeah, so Phil Maton to the Astros for Miles Straw. Um, and straw is really, he's kind of like a, like an old school leadoff hitter type, uh, just kind of contact hitter, speedy center fielder steals bases, but, uh, he really, uh, he's, he's, he's really got a presence, uh, you know, on the bases and at the top of the lineup. So I think, uh, I think he could be a, a good leadoff hitter. If he can kind of keep the on base percentage up a little higher, uh, he's got, uh, basically no power, although he did Homer the other day. Um, but uh, and he got a couple of years, you know, he's 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 uh, what he's on his like third year of arbitration this year or next year, uh, pre arbitration, like yeah, he's in his third ish year, I want to say. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that improved the outfield, uh, so I think uh, 
um, I, I could kind of see him and Bradley Zimmer kind of being the one and two hitter next year. And uh, just really just kind of playing up that like pesky contact, uh, maybe like what the, what the Royals did when they won those pennants in 2014 and 15, they just kind of had like contact yeah. and speed at the top of the order. And uh, yeah, everyone, everyone's like, Oh, you know, just like not striking out isn't good. And then, you know, they won the pennants. So man, what, what do we know? But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I could see it working out uh, if we kind of, compliment them with the with the right guys yeah uh yeah i mean and then those are those are again those are those are moves at least straw is a move for that that gives a good future and i think that's that's what the indians were going for or like the guardians is what they're going for right there in the (laughs) Um, the future yeah in the future they will be the guardians uh and so that that's i think what they're what they're going for at this point if if you're you know kind of uh you know you're out of it this year. Uh, then, then trade from, you know, trade a reliever. That some everybody always wants relievers, and see if you can turn a reliever into future value. And that's what they did. Uh, yeah, Mayton. Uh, Mayton. He's one of those guys that like uh, just, uh, for lack of a better uh, explanation, FIP always seemed to be lower than ERA. He kind of had like the. Uh, the good peripherals, but his ERA was always like up over four. He just couldn't quite uh, put it all together and be consistent. But I think I think he's got a good skill set, and I think if he kind of ends up with the right pitching coach and is used in the right situations, I think I think he put up some good numbers and be very helpful. Uh, again, uh, wish it weren't in Houston, another team I don't care for right now. But uh, uh, I'm digging Miles Straw, and I think I think it's a good trade. I, I, I maybe, wish maybe you should go to LA and. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the Astros and Dodgers stadiums. That was uh, 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 that, that, that a great a great return to uh, to Dodger Stadium this week. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, a year too late. I think the whole uh, the whole uh, Dodgers getting revenge against the Astros thing is just like I think the the hot the red hot rage is long gone, and I think it's just kind of like this awkward yeah. thing that happened a couple of years ago and like half the guys, you know, who were there gone. And it's just like, you know, kind of a, but, you know, who knows those, uh, those Astros and Dodgers might end up in the world series again this year. So, yep. Yeah. Wouldn't be remotely surprising. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this, uh, intro segment. Uh, Deej, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Happy to be here, man. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. We're going to uh, throw it now to Andy talking to White Sox Mike Christus V talking about the upcoming Field of Dreams game. Buddy, it's Andrew here with, uh, with 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 our new buddy Tom. We're going to talk some uh, some Yankees and White Sox, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Field of Dreams game, which is coming up next week. Well, this week on uh, on the twelfth of August. Tom, how you doing? First time on the podcast. Uh, nice to have you. How, how's how's your uh, how's your Sunday going? I'm um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, my Sunday's going pretty well. Uh, excited for some Sunday night baseball tonight. There you go. Uh, but uh, otherwise, doing pretty well. Are you guys, you guys are on Sunday night baseball tonight? Yeah, I think it's the White Sox Cubs game, right? Oh, cool. Very good. Very nice. Yeah. So again, as, as we mentioned, the field of dreams game is happening this week after a one year delay due to COVID. Um, 
Yeah, so basically just to give you guys the rundown in case you're a little bit unfamiliar with uh, with what's going on this week, obviously Field of Dreams came out about 30 years ago, so they were, MLB is commemorating that with a one game between the Yankees and the White Sox. It will be played at the Field of Dreams site in Dyersville, Iowa. Um, unfortunately, they're not playing on the actual field that, the, uh, that took place in the movie, as it is nowhere near MLB quality. Um, but they have built a uh, kind of a makeshift field um, very close, you know, about a few hundred feet away from the actual site. What's pretty cool about it is they're actually going to have, they carved out a path in between the actual field and the field that the teams will be playing on. So that the, the, the players will actually be able to come out of the corn like they did in the movie, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's got about 8,000 seats. It is meant to resemble Comiskey field where the, uh, the white Sox played for close to a hundred years from the early 1900s to the, uh, the nineties, I believe is when they moved into their current stadium. Uh, as far as the way the stadium is going to play, uh, it's 335 down the lines. It's about 380 to the gaps. It's 400 to dead center. So it'll probably end up being a pretty neutral field. Um, the pitching matchup, as it lines up, is uh, is slated to be Andrew Haney for the Yankees versus Carlos Rodon for the White Sox. So uh, probably probably a bit of a, probably a bit of advantage on your side there, Tom, huh? Yeah, Rodon has just been dealing. Uh, just everything he's done this year has just been incredible. Uh, we could talk about Carlos Rodon probably for the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> if I really wanted to just, just his story and, and what he's done has just been uh, something to see. Great storyline. Well, while we're at it, let's, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about the white Sox uh, first. I sure. know any, anyone who regularly listens to the podcast, you, you probably feel like we don't like the white Sox. Uh, we have a lot of AL central fans on the team. Uh, that aren't White Sox fans, so we 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 kind of crap on the White Sox a little bit. So uh, to, to to rectify that, we we brought a, a big old big old White Sox fan on here. So why don't you talk about the White Sox a little bit? Obviously, they're having a pretty good season. Um, let's yeah, just talk about a little talk about them a little bit. Yeah, having a great season, and I think if you want to talk about the White Sox, there are two main things: is the pitching has just been incredible, top to bottom, and of course injuries to you know some of our key players um you know lance lynn was you know our big trade acquisition over last year and he's potentially the al cy young front runner right now along with rodon uh giolito has been great not up to his typical standards uh and then you've got a former cy young winner is the number five of our rotation in dallas keiko right now so when you have that as your worst player on your, you know, your rotation is, it's just, you know, easy mode almost for the whole <laughs> team. Cause you know, they're just, they're just dealing. Uh, and then, you know, having guys step up. Uh, I've talked about this a lot uh, before uh, with others uh, really kind of a Hydra mentality. One guy goes down and two more step up. We got contributions from Brian Goodwin who no one had heard of him before the game start or season started. Uh, Yermin Mercedes coming up, started hot. And then, you know, before giving way to other people, Billy Hamilton has become a cult favorite and Billy Hamilton, people thought his career was done coming into the season. Basically he was signed as, you know, basically a minor league depth guy. And he's just put up great hits, great defense, possibly the defensive highlight of the year in that rain diving catch. Uh, so it's just been awesome. an incredibly fun season uh, for this team. Just seeing all these nobodies or random players just step up and, and perform. 
Right on. Yeah, just to talk about the Yankees a little bit. Obviously, yeah. you know, we, we got off to a pretty rough start. Um, just really haven't hit all year. But the last, you know, since the All-Star break, we've been 15-5. and five. Um, I'm not sure if that's the best record in baseball since then, but it's got to be one of the best records in baseball. The hitting still really hasn't come around. Um, obviously, our, our new additions of, of Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, although we found out today on Sunday that Rizzo is going to be uh, on the COVID IL for a little while. Um, but yeah, the, the offense, I mean, the offense has got to kind of, the offense is going to, to come back. The, the real question mark with this team was going to be their pitching. And almost strangely enough, since our pitching staff has been ravaged lately, we've almost kind of been better. Um, as, as it stands, our pitching, our three, three of our of our opening day starters are either on the COVID IL or injured. Um, our rotation as it stands right now is Jamison Tyone, Andrew Haney, Luis Heal, and then a whole bunch of guys. Uh, but those whole bunch of guys have, have stepped up. You know, on, on Friday, we had a bullpen game and gave up one run in 11 innings. Um, so it's just we're, we're figuring out ways to make things happen. And again, the team has been red hot lately. So it's it's that that AL playoff run is, is getting very, very condensed. And it's, it's going to be excited to, exciting to see, uh, you know, how it finishes up in the last month, two months of the season. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people wrote off the Yankees, what, mid-June or something? They're like, they're going to yeah. be sellers at the deadline, and then they make the surge. Uh, and the offense is frightening, yeah. to be you, honest. Your, your <laughs> playoff run is not very interesting. <laughs> it's, it's not. Just, it's just how many – it's just when, when, when will you clinch? <laughs> and and, uh, we're, and we're how early into September will it be? Yeah, like our focus right now is staying healthy and playing well towards the end of the season and – take that momentum into the playoffs hopefully is the plan right now exactly so just to talk a little bit more about the uh not so much the 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 field of dreams game but uh mlb games that have been played in kind of odd locations Uh, i did a little bit of deep deep diving into the uh i found a retro sheet page which gives us all the neutral site games that have been played uh since the 1900s there were a bunch in the 1800s but that includes you know the federal league and the american association i'm not including those i'm talking about current major league baseball teams that have played games in neutral sites. Uh, obviously we've got, um, my list go. Yeah. Obviously we've got the game being played in Iowa, um, this week, which, which will be the first MLB game ever played in the state of Iowa. There was an exhibition that was played there in 1942 between the white Sox and Cubs, kind of the end of the season before the season, you know, warm up kind of let's get used to, to, to the regular season kind of thing. Um, in 2019, the Tigers and the Royals played a game at uh, TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, that was in anticipation of the college, college World Series. Sure. In 2018, the Braves and Marlins played a game at the Fort Bragg military installation in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, obviously, just you know, to support the troops. 1997, the Cardinals and Padres played a three-game series at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii. Um, I feel like a lot of people didn't know about that. I didn't know about that until last year when I when I looked that up for uh, for a trivia thing that I was doing. Ron Gant hit the only home run ever hit in the state of Hawaii, and it was an inside the Parker. So no one has cleared the fences in in in, in Hawaii uh, as of yet <laughs> in the major leagues. Uh, 1996, the A's played six games against the Blue Jays and Tigers in Cashman Field in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, oh. while the Oakland Coliseum was going through some offseason renovations that had not been uh, completed yet. A little bit of foreshadowing there, potentially. Uh, obviously, at least one Oakland team has moved to Las Vegas, uh, that being the, the Oakland Raiders, possibly a yeah. second as uh, the, the A's are going through some, some stadium difficulties. And who knows, maybe they'll end up in, in Las Vegas full-time. 
1956 and 1957, the Dodgers played 15 home games at Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, at the time seen as a bargaining tactic by Dodgers owner Walter O'Malley to try and get a new stadium, which uh, didn't work, really, because he moved to L.A. after the 57 season. Uh, let's see. What else? In 1903, uh, due to blue laws preventing games from being played on Sundays, the Boston Bean Eaters, now the Atlanta Braves, played the Phillies at Rocky Point Park in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, hmm. What was cool about that stadium is it was completely surrounded by the ocean. So many balls that hit hit over the fence, which didn't really happen back in 1903. Uh, but any any home runs were there's a good chance that they would just land in the ocean. Um, so Madison Bumgarner real or. Max Muncie really could have yelled at Madison Bumgarner to go get it out of the ocean if he hit a home run there. <laughs> and then for the same reason, though, due to the blue laws, um, the Indians and Senators played a game at Jailhouse Flats in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So including the 17 states that currently house MLB teams, there have been 25 states plus Washington and Puerto Rico and uh, six different countries um, that have, that have uh, hosted a major league baseball game. What do you think the uh, the next state will be? And what do you think? Oh, yeah. What, what do you think the next state will be? Next state will be. That's a really good question. Um, you think it'll be a permanent think. team moving there, or you think they're going to do another one off in the next few years um, in in another state? I think it's more likely that a team moves than they do something because I can't off the top of my head think of another promotional reason that they'd go to another state. Field of Dreams just makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, but. Like I'm thinking of baseball movies and most baseball movies are, are set in states that already have a team thinking like major league. Yeah. One, one, one thing I know um, in 2007, I believe it was, they played the, the civil rights game uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Now that was an exhibition. It wasn't an official game, but that's certainly something I could, I could see, um, you know, becoming, becoming, you know, a, a, at least, you know, an annual or an every now and then kind of thing, maybe play a game in, you know, Tennessee or, you know, maybe yeah. Alabama. Um, those are those are those are states that could happen. Yeah. You know, they have they have minor league teams that they, you know, they have minor league stadiums that could that could uh, play mm-hmm. home to a, to a team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nash or Tennessee, see you know, somewhere in Tennessee. I could see Tennessee. I could see you know Nashville being an actual home to a team. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility of like Virginia because you know it's maybe maybe one of these days you know the the Nats park is going to go through some renovations and they got to move to a neutral site and that neutral site could be Virginia sure or anywhere in Carolina even well North Carolina we've had because North Carolina we had the Fort Bragg oh. game but South, right. yeah, okay, South, right, Carolina, right. South Carolina it's like uh you know along the coast there Charleston even would be potential spot yeah, could be what about uh, different countries? Uh, as I mentioned, there's been NLB games played in six different countries, the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Australia, Japan, and England. Um, what do you think is, uh, is going to be next? Something maybe South America, uh, something maybe Africa, maybe another, maybe another game in Europe? I think another game in Europe seems pretty likely, although South America is potential too. You know, lots of uh, MLB players coming from South America uh, nowadays, so I wouldn't be surprised to see you know something down there who's to we, say um but i did i feel like i heard rumors of something in like germany or france or maybe italy uh potentially for a be. future season i could be yeah i know recently they played uh they played a spring training game or some sort of exhibition game in cuba um that's mm-hmm. certainly a possibility obviously you know yeah. playing games in you know in cuba and south america you run into infrastructure issues um but those mm-hmm. are certainly possibilities you know 
moving forward, you, we, we could see, uh, we could see some stuff going on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, a European game, even, you know, one of those to start the season, yeah. uh, it would be fun. Korea, possibly. We haven't had oh, Korea, Korea yet. Talk about Korea. Yeah. 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 With all, with uh, all the, uh, I mean, we, 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 we send a couple teams to Japan pretty much every few years. We could definitely play a game mm-hmm. in Korea. Yeah. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, our play by play, Jason Benetti has done some, uh, Korean games in the past, right. uh, just before the season. So it definitely would make sense. That's right. So yeah, just going back to the uh, the Field of Dreams game itself, just to to quickly quickly touch on what that matchup will kind of look like. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got as it stands, um, if if everything, you know, it, it lines up to be Andrew Haney pitching for the Yankees versus Carlos Rodon for the White Sox. They both pitched on Saturday, and five days from then will be, will be Thursday. Uh, as it stands, the Yankees lineup pending no injuries or changes or whatnot is looking to be probably DJ LeMahieu playing. I'll say I'll say second. Uh, Aaron Judge playing right. John Carlos Stanton, I'll say he's DHing. Uh, Luke Voigt playing first. He just came off the, the IL today. Uh, we'll say Gallowin left. Uh, Glaber at short. Gary Sanchez catching. He is due to come off the COVID IL in a few days. He might be back by then. If not, it'll be Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Renato Doors probably going to be playing third. Um, and Brett Gardner, the the indestructible, will be uh, will be probably in center. <laughs> what, what, sure. what, what, do you, what do you think you got? Yeah. So a couple things is, you know, Tim Anderson playing shortstop. Um, and then our new addition, Cesar Hernandez at second, uh, Abreu, uh, Eloy is back and starting to hit a little bit back right now. Dead. Yep. Back from the dead. He'll He's probably be DH-ing. for the second time this year. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Moncada, uh, real Adam angle is probably going to be starting in right field. I would imagine he's been really good since he's been back. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, Incredible story here. Uh, and then I just saw the report that Luis Robert Robert uh, should be back this week. Uh, cool. And it would be really great to see him come out of the corn yeah. as his first uh, <laughs> day back would be, would be really exciting. Uh, and then our backup catcher, uh, Andrew Haney's a, a lefty. Uh, our backup catcher, really Sebi Savala has really taken control of that role over mm-hmm. Zach Collins, uh, especially against the lefty. I expect him to be behind the dish unless Grundahl makes a miraculous recovery and comes back. But I don't see that coming for another couple of weeks now. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are two teams that are playing really good baseball. Um, mm-hmm. This, this, this matchup kind of caught both of our teams at, at the right time. So, I mean, it should be a good game. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, it'll certainly be interesting to see how they kind of work the, you know, the movie and the, the sort of extras, the histrionics of, of everything into the uh, into the game. Um, and, of course, just it being a Yankees game, I'm, of course, looking forward to watching that as well. Yeah, it should be really exciting. What what channel is that going to be at? Do you happen to know? Uh, it's going to be on Fox. On uh, Fox. I'm not sure who the announcers are going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think we might we, we might get Joe <laughs> Buck. Yeah, but it'll be on a national audience, which is which is important, I think, for the sport, hopefully. Exactly, yeah. Get a lot of people watching that and, you know, really – make it something special yeah I'm, I'm, I'm assuming joe buck's gonna be doing this if it's on if that's on yeah. fox and then i don't know a couple maybe john smoltz maybe uh i don't know joe davis or one of those guys i really want to push for a stat cast version of the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm not sure how i would measure it <laughs> you, you just measure yeah. my stocks i guess like <laughs> yeah this how, is, how, uh... many, how many ears of corn into the outfield did, did, did it <laughs> uh but either way it should be a really fun time and hopefully something that lasts a long time. You know, this, if, if it's a great game, even better, you know, this is something that we could talk about 
years down the line rather than if it's a slaughter one way or the other or if it's just a boring game exactly yeah who knows maybe uh maybe somewhere down the road we'll play it we'll see a game uh in in, in rockford in in honor of the um of league of their own oh yeah that would that would be not sure, that's, be not sure that stadium's still around but uh, I'm, there's a rockford uh team i believe or uh, the stadium still should be there is there um I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if there's still a Rockford minor league team or not, but pretty sure the stadium's still there. Very cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back in a few seconds to wrap things up. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced by Lewis and edited by me, Nime. Our production administrator is Christine. I hosted the intro along with Deej, and Andrew hosted our Field of Dreams segment along with Tom. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.